Welcome to the KDR Inside Data series, where we get inside the data industry with thought leaders to talk around latest thinking. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and visit our website for the latest data, tech and analytics jobs and news at kdrrecruitment.com. Hello and welcome everybody to the next episode of the Inside Data Series podcast. We're meeting another author today. Um, she doesn't really need any introduction. Um, straight out of the data den, we have the lip-syncing mistress of data, the one and only classification guru, Susan Walsh. Susan. Hi. Pleasure to have you with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> no day to den today. You do get 3D Susan and, of course, my future husband, Robbie Williams, and Beautiful. a slightly frazzled looking version of myself. Um, but it's all good. It's Don't Friday. Woo. It's Friday. Woohoo! Weekend ahead of us. Um, yes. So, Susan, could you just do a, a little brief introduction about who you are? Yeah, so I am known as the classification guru, fixer of dirty data. Uh, I've had my business, the classification guru, for almost five years now. Prior to that, I worked for a spend analytics company for almost five years. And before that, I had absolutely nothing to do with data, that I fell into it. Um, before the spend analytics company, I had a women's clothes shop here in Guildford, where I live. Um, that went horribly wrong and so I desperately needed some work and found an ad online to go and do some spend data classification for procurement data and and that's how I have ended up here <laughs> yeah after a while I decided I wanted to to keep doing what I loved but needed to move on and the only way to really do that was set up the business because I didn't have any connections in the industry. I didn't even know what my job title was. You know, I'm not a classically trained data analyst or data scientist, you know, everything was kind of learned on the job. And so, and I didn't even think what I did really had a job name. So yeah, starting a business was made perfect sense. Absolutely, time. absolutely, and here you are today, which is absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yeah, um, that's great. Thank you, uh, thank you. So we're here specifically for this, your book. No. We're going to have a chat about it. There it is, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Between the spreadsheets, classifying and fixing dirty data. Yeah. Must admit, my two um, young girls saw it. Um, and they were like, Dad, Dad, what's that? Because obviously it's between the spreadsheets. It's yeah. a bit, uh, yeah, it yeah, was quite funny, cheeky. actually. Yeah. yeah, a bit cheeky. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so I, I've been reading a few books. We've done a few interviews with different authors and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm starting to get a kick um, up the backside, really, to sort out our data here at KDR. Um, yeah. We work, uh, obviously, we work with a lot of company data. Um, and your book uh, really resonated with, you know, I was oh, looking through some of the examples and I'm thinking, yes, yes, 
Uh, yes. Uh, so it's yeah. it's time to do something about it. So uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do our own thing here, I think, and start doing a bit Brilliant. of classification, a bit of cleansing. Oh, well. And uh, if you have yeah, any questions, let me know. But yeah, I, I really wanted will. to kind of appeal to not necessarily the data scientists because they already know how to do it. Really, they just don't enjoy it. But there's a whole range of people out there who need to understand why you need to clean data and how to do it. And you know, not everyone has lots of tools, so you can do it in Excel. You know, it's not the easiest way, but it can be done. Um, and actually, my brother, who's in finance, read the book, and even he said he found that there were aspects of it that he could use in his job. And I was like, wow, yeah. that's a huge compliment. It's my brother. Absolutely. Normally, he tells me everything <laughs> I do is rubbish. Yeah. And then have a fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Brilliant. So um, let's start by telling our listeners what exactly, what is dirty data in the context of the book? So... Dirty data really is different things to different people, depending on what types of data you work with. You mentioned company names, but people might be working with uh, customer names and actual people names, um, or they could be working with time series data or, you know, there, there's so many different types of data, but the basics of it are it's things like information in the wrong columns, uh, the wrong descriptions, typos, spelling mistakes. You know, I've got a post that I, I share um, every few months uh, on the number of different ways you could spell freight and carriage. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Um, it can be formatting. So I've done a couple of polls on LinkedIn and everybody is formatting their dates in a different way. Nobody is using a single standard. Um, it could be, you know, um, like addresses, you know, you've got the postcode and the city column and the phone number. Some of them have a, an international dialing code, some of them don't, some of them have zeros, some of them don't because of Excel. Um, so it can get really messy. Um, you can have things like currencies. Um, you know, if you don't know that you're working with different currencies, when you add up all those numbers, they could end up being very wrong if you're not careful. And then finally, units of measure. You know, we tend to be a more global economy now, but how are you spelling liters? Is it the European way or is it the North American way? You know, are you talking in kilometers or miles, you know, grams or pounds, you know, all those things start to, to cause a lot of problems if you're not aware of them. And of course, all those things end up causing duplicates, which are pretty much in every single data set that ever existed. Absolutely. Or near duplicates, as I like to call them. So where you might have Bob Smith and Robert Smith. Um, similar. And they are, are actually the same, but but in terms of looking at them, you wouldn't necessarily know straight away that they were duplicates. Yeah, yeah. So right, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, Great. just a few Great. things. Yeah, absolutely. Just a couple. <laughs> Watch out for. Um, yeah. No, brilliant. I mean, you, you mentioned before your kind of personal journey into data, which is obviously super interesting and kind of falling into it. And um you've got you you're super niche really aren't you because you you, yeah. you specialize in spend data specifically i think i pretty much created a niche for myself and then <laughs> you know i knew people were looking for my services or needed them but they weren't looking for me because they didn't know i existed and so yeah. 
I needed to find a way to catch people's attention. And, you know, let's face it, data is a pretty dry subject, especially data cleaning. It's not really valued by most businesses. And, but it's, it's the most important part of any process. If you're getting new software in, if you're, you know, CRM systems, if you want to be GDPR compliant, you know, you have to have clean data. So, and also, you know, a lot of data people are introverted, you know, they, they don't necessarily help make data look more, you know, super skilled, super talented, but not necessarily wanting to talk about it or, or in a way that's relatable to non data people. And so that's what what I've tried to do is, is make it fun, make it interesting and make it relatable to everybody. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And what, what is spend data for people that may not know and why is the classification of it so like so vitally important? Yeah, so so it's really, uh, I find it really interesting. It is, um, there are procurement departments within large organizations who buy everything for the business. And they negotiate contracts with suppliers, pricing, you know, they look to reduce costs, you know, and make sure that they're working with suppliers that are, you know, not breaching kind of like modern slavery rules or health and safety rules. <clears throat> they do a lot of things. And to do all of that, they need visibility on what they're actually spending with each of their suppliers and actually to know how many suppliers they really have. Because, you know, for example, Dell, Dell Computers, Dell Software, Dell Inc., Dell Limited, um, these all come up in one supplier, company supplier names. So to, to know exactly how much they're spending with just Dell, I add in a new column and normalize it so that when they do a pivot table or something more exciting in BI or Click or Tableau, they can, they can pull it straight away to know how much they spent with that one supplier. And then they want to see what they've spent. So it might be a, built from a taxonomy that has maybe four levels. Level one might be IT. Level two could be hardware or software. Level three could then be, you know, um, computers. And then you could have level four is uh, laptops, desktops, tablets, or peripherals, you know, hard uh, monitors, mouses, keyboards. Um, and depending on how much level of detail they want to go into, I'll classify it to that level if they have that information, which comes from the finance system. So there'll be like invoice descriptions or purchase order PO descriptions. So, yeah. you know, when you buy something from, say, Dell, you know, you get an invoice, whether you're a business or, 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 or not, and it'll say the I don't know, the, the XPS 13, do, 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 do. So that's what would come up in the data. And then that's how I would know to classify it as a laptop. I mean, you focus quite heavily in the book on, about kind of making sure the foundations are in place, keeping a safety net, uh, going back, checking, double checking, triple checking, um, doing, um, you know, cleansing activity separately. Uh, and rechecking it again. I mean, data classification, any data quality activity really yeah. is a serious investment um, in time. And it's definitely not for everyone, I guess, is it? Why, no. why do you love it so much yourself? I think it's really satisfying to see the change from this messy data to this super tidy, organized, usable data. And, um, you know, I, I've got a visual and it's like a pile of messy clothes and then 
you know, I say, I can do this for your data. And then they're all neatly folded and organized. And, and that's how the data looks to me. And, and just the response from the clients when you can give them something that changes their work life, that really makes a difference to them is really satisfying. Um, and, and, and yeah, again, I just I see the importance in it, but you know, it is about check, check, checking again. And like you said, it is a huge investment of time up front. However, if you get it right, it's much easier to maintain. So you're saving a lot of time in the long run. And time is money. Sure is. And, <laughs> you know, well, you're minimizing mistakes and mistakes cost as well to the business. So, for example, say it was you were shipping out the wrong product to clients because it was mislabeled or something. You pay for the shipping to get the product back and then send out a new one. That's expensive. Yeah. You know, yeah, or if, if you don't deliver to your supplier your your client on time you know especially like retailers they they charge you if you miss your delivery slot so it, it's bigger than just it's a bit wrong yeah yeah absolutely absolutely there's a lot of clothing reference i don't know if that comes from the the shop um that you had or not I yeah don't know, a but... little bit i guess <laughs> yeah and then I, I have done some work with clothing retailers as well Right. Okay. So it's all linked. That's that's good. Fantastic. Yeah. You you've created your own uh, methodology for data classification and normalization. What do you mean when you say make sure your data has its coat on? So it's again, I wanted something that everybody in an organization could relate to and understand. So how are you going to remember that? Well, having a, a data coat is memorable so the first thing is it has the data has to be consistent so is everybody using the same terminology is everybody working in the same way um is everyone using the same units of measure is everybody understanding what a customer is in the organization because it can mean different things to different departments so all those kinds of things um, and then it's got to be organized. So with that, we're going back to the clothes analogy, think of a messy wardrobe and you throw a top in there and then you go to get it the next time and it takes you ages to find it and it's all crumpled. You know, if you'd hung it up in order of like clothing type or color, you would have just been able to go in and get it. And, and data's pretty much the same, you know, categorize it by region, by country, by division, by, by anything you want. You know, if you do that at the start, then when when your boss asks you how much are we uh, selling to Dell in Italy, you've got that information there. You know, don't don't wait to be asked for it, and then it takes you like a day to pull everything together. Have it there already to go. Yeah. Um, and then once it's organized, it also needs to be accurate. So, you know, make sure everything is categorized correctly, that it's labeled correctly, you know, the right countries. You'd be amazed at the data I see where the city is like London and the country is China. And, you know, that is really going to mess up reporting and analytics and decision making. Yeah. So get that right. And then once you have all those things, the consistency, the organization and the accuracy, you then have trustworthy data. So people can make decisions knowing that it's the right information they have. So that's your data coat. Get your coat, you're yeah. classified. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did a, a blog 
get your data coat you've pulled <laughs> and um so at that point i realized that that was a uk term and not known worldwide oh, right. um, <laughs> So I did I did a blog for World of Procurement for that. And apparently now if you if you type in like get your coat you've pulled, my blog will actually come up on, on the Google search page. So <laughs> that's fantastic. I know. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Great stuff. Um, I mean you've had, I was gonna ask kind of why spend data classification is so important, but I think you've pretty much covered that that off. Um, I mean, there's obviously lot of cost saving stuff a lot of risk mitigation you know and also there's also you know profitability and stuff like that which it all yeah. impacts so what's the biggest impact you've seen personally from data with its coat on uh, time is saved millions of dollars have been saved um i had another client who didn't realize they had a thousand consultants globally on their vendor list and they didn't need as many as that so they did a whole rationalization project um wow. yeah imagine and it's not just that imagine the cost of having to maintain all those individual um suppliers on a, on a system so setting them up processing the invoices getting them paid that all has a cost attached to it so times that by a thousand, that's going to be a big cost. You rationalize that down to the number of consultants that you really need, the ones that you use on a regular basis. And, you know, you're going to save a lot of money, not just from the cost of the consultant, but the processing admin back office charges that people don't even really think about. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. That's a that's an incredible story. Um, yeah, even with CRM systems, you know, you've got like three different versions of the same account and someone's sitting there for five, 10 minutes figuring out which, which account they need to put, update and put their notes in. You know, all those little chunks of five, 10 minutes throughout the day times however many people, you know, if you're in a call center or something, there's hundreds of people working there. Times that five minutes, that's a huge amount of time that's been wasted. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But it's a really hard thing to quantify as well. And that's why it's hard to get um, investment from senior decision makers, budget holders, because, you know, they buy software to try and fix their data. But what they don't realize is they need to have clean data before it goes into the software. But yeah. they're happy to pay for the software because they can see it, you know, they can touch it and feel it. The mm. clean data thing is much more intangible. And, you know, you could... I mean, you could track time and things, but it's going to it's going to be very subjective, and it's going to be different for every company. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I mean, the amount you know, the amount of users, I guess, in an in an enterprise, people inputting data, uh, you know, there's that's hundreds of hours and hundreds of minutes, even where things can go wrong. So it's important. Yeah, that even once things you have like, done it. Yeah, make sure it's know, protected. I guess in a way. When you're putting an address in, do you use commas to separate the lines, or do you just leave them blank? Is it just spaces? You know, things like that. Because if you end up with a mixed database, and you try to do like a text to columns in Excel, it's going to mess everything up if you don't remove the commas first. Yeah, yeah. There's no quick win, I guess either, is there? No, but if you kind of think about what your end result wants to be before you start, you're going to be in a better place. Yeah, yeah, totally.
Um, the book gives great insight into the world of data classification generally, but it's, it's also a really good tutorial uh, for those looking to, you know, potentially use Excel to tackle some of these issues and problems. Yeah. Um, should anyone in an organization try to tackle this? And if they did, what advice would you give them to ensure that they didn't, uh, I'm going to say, break anything? <laughs> um, I wouldn't say every or anyone should, but everyone should at least read it and understand it. Um, you know, no, we, you know, we all have different skills. Some people are naturally good with Excel. It's intuitive and they can do it. Other people are absolutely terrified of technology. Um, so, so getting everybody to understand the importance is, is more important than getting everybody to do it because getting everyone to do it could actually cause more problems. Um, it's, but it also shouldn't be the responsibility of one single person you know, spread that knowledge and that risk across the business so that, you know, if someone does go off sick or, you know, it's not going to all fall apart. You know, there's people there to to catch the and continue, keep the consistency of it going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love the fact you talk about the, the human touch as well. Um, that's chapter six, guys, uh, if you want to if you want to go and get the book. Um, in the in the data industry, uh, those with an interest in data are compelled to look for the next like amazing solution or tech. Um, but we shouldn't really forget that actually behind every piece of kit is a user. Um, do, do you think humans will ever be replaced when it comes to data quality, cleansing, classification, all that sort of stuff? Again, I think uh, yes, but in certain areas more than others. So you know, cleaning names and addresses and things. There's some really good tech out there already classifying spend data it's very subjective so it's a lot harder to to get training data to train because you know i could be using dhl as a courier service but a manufacturer could be using them as logistics and warehousing mm. and so you have to know that before you start um thing like you know if the supplier is amazon is that office supplies and stationery you're buying or is it web services or something else you know advertising could be anything to be yeah. fair if it's Amazon. yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so you can't just you can't just give it a, a single classification or you know if you train it you have to know what the descriptions are and what they mean um so that's that's a lot further off i think yeah, yeah. but there will always be a place for humans because humans will always need to put it in before it there'll never be a time when the machines will know if it's right or wrong without being trained. Well, yeah, without being being told. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, I love this bit. This is great. So you don't really need to say much more than not tackling dirty data is like wearing your underpants inside out for the second day and effectively delaying the inevitable. I thought I was brilliant. I'm um, so pleased that, I did, <laughs> that they didn't take it out because I was so worried they were going to remove that. And I was like, no, we have to keep that in. Yeah, no, absolutely fantastic. Um, tell me about the dirty data maturity model. Oh, so uh, I'm, I'm so chuffed with this. It's, um, it's here and basically, um, it is a visual representation of laundry representing the quality of your data. And again, this is to 
sell it to decision makers, people who are not necessarily data professionals, but you need to get the across the importance of what the problem is. So at, at the start, you've got this messy pile of clothes on the floor, which means you're probably not doing anything. You're using Excel. Um, you're only fixing a problem when it comes up. Nobody really cares what's going on. It, it's a complete train wreck. Then the next stage is getting that nice uh, messy clothes on the floor into a laundry basket. So at this point, you might start to categorize it or tidy it up a little bit. Um, maybe give people responsibility for it. Maybe think about using some tools. Then the next stage is, well, it's got to be ironed, all these clean wash clothes. So the ironing board comes out. And then at that stage, you might want to start thinking about getting some analysts in using some tools, visualization tools like, you know, BI, Click, Tableau. Um, maybe starting to think about some rules about how you enter the data into your system. Um, possibly starting to think about regular maintenance of it. And the next stage after that would be, it's in the wardrobe and it's hanging up and it's ready to use. Um, so at this stage, you know, you could be using AI machine learning. You could be, uh, yeah, have regular um, dedicated people working on the data, specialists in the area. Um, you're doing a lot of analytics on it and you're really using the data. And then finally is the pinnacle, which is the wardrobe with the clothes, but they're all organized in terms of style and color and folded in there properly and everything is great. And at this point, I say this is when you have to work the hardest because once you get there, you have to keep it at that level. And that's the hard part. And my secret sauce has is, is always been maintenance. You know, that is the secret to good clean data consistently is maintenance checking it regularly um you know using as many tools as possible uh, you know train up ai have throw everything at it um but maintain it as well and and that's that's the dirty data maturity model fantastic very relatable i think for non uh non-data people yeah i guess it's yeah. the way of looking at it yeah, because yeah, I, I still kind of think of myself as a non-data person because I didn't go through the education system learning data. So I always think about how I try to relate to data so and then use that to relate it to other people. Yeah, yeah. How many coats were in that wash pile? <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, towards the end of the book, you summarise with quite a few different sort of stories. Um, I don't want to say horror stories, but some of them maybe. They're they're um, real <laughs> real stories that people donated anonymously. So, you know, the, this has happened. This is real life in yeah. the trenches stuff. Yeah. Right. Okay, fantastic. You don't, I didn't realise uh, that when I was going through them. I saw one yeah. and I thought, I might, know, I might know who that company is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because obviously we speak to so many people and stuff, yeah. but I didn't, I didn't want to put two and two together. To be fair, which, which one's your favourite and why? Uh, I do like the the roads uh, recovery story where they had sent out all this mail to uh, the right address but with the wrong name, and internally the marketing department was trying to sue the IT department to get money back for costs. So. 
IT did an, an analysis on the mail that went out and found out that actually, even though it had the wrong name on the letter, 80% or something still renewed their, their membership. So um, I found that, yeah, really, really interesting. You know, data can really divide and cause problems for people if it's not, not looked yeah. after properly. Yeah, that's an amazing start, that is. And also it shows how easily it can happen as well. Mm. You know, it because the, the thing that I always say is you need to know and understand your data. If you're working with it all the time, you become familiar with it. And then you can start to pick up quite quickly when things don't look right. If you've yeah. got a massive database of people's names, um, you know, it, people they might not have noticed that it had slipped or, you know, you should have some checks and balances in place to make sure, you know, before things go out, you know, whenever I merge things together or even, you know, I always just check the original file versus the updated one to make sure that things have matched. Yeah. Yeah. Go back to that point before about rechecking everything and having yeah. that safety net. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, you sense. know, I, I say in there, you know, I make loads of mistakes, but my clients never see them because I check, check and check again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's funny, isn't it? I think as data people or people that are aware of data, if you got a letter and it had the wrong name in it, you'd be like, ooh, data quality issue, yeah. sort that out for you. But if you didn't know, I mean, would you be would you be that bothered? And I think that statistic probably reflects that a little bit, that you know, 80% still renewed. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. but then um, when I set up my limited company a year ago, and then I started, you know, once as soon as you set up a company, all these people start mailing you, like, sign with our bank or use our services. And, and I got a letter from uh, an accountancy firm who had, it was someone else's first name, my surname, someone else's business, and my address. And to me, that screamed, if, how can I trust you with my financial information when you yeah. can't even manage a database? So, yeah. so it, it can make a, a difference. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I mean, we, we were talking a few years ago about customer loyalty. It's just, it's just completely gone out the window, yeah. basically, because... Um, yeah, all these different things that all impact it. But at the end of the day, most of them start with data. Um, yeah, brilliant. it's funny you say that, actually. I have had my mobile number since about 97. Wow. And, and it started as Genie, and then it became BT Cellnet, and then, or Cellnet, then BT Cellnet, and then O2. And, and actually speaking to people at O2, they said they only have information going back to 2003. They don't even have that I have been a customer longer than that on their oh, wow. system. Yeah. So you swapped supplies, did you? <laughs> no, not yet. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about the whole Virgin merging thing, but um, you know, they have said that they won't um, put roaming charges on in Europe. So that is, that's a bonus. Oh yeah, but yeah, you gotta be careful now, I guess, something new, that's all that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Uh, we're, we're slowly coming to the end of the podcast now. Um, Time just so, flies when you have having fun. I, it does, it does. Um, so last question, really. What would be your number one tip for people who know they need to do something about their dirty data, but they don't really know where to start? Well, without having a shameless plug of the book. Um, While we're here. 
<laughs> um, you know, I'd rather people kind of discovered it for themselves and find it when they need it. I mean, it is a good good reference tool, and you can find other people's um, reviews out there. But if you don't know where to start, look at what's wrong first. Try and you know, and and flag it to your manager or senior members of the company and say we need to fix this because if we don't, X, Y, Z is going to happen. Or, you know, my team is spending four days a month pulling these reports for you, but if we clean the data, it could be done in four hours, you know. Yeah. Um, start start looking and, and finding out where your problems are and then think about what you need to do, what, you're, what you want the end result to be with your clean data, then get the book. And then if that's not <laughs> enough, give me a call. <laughs> fantastic brilliant great stuff thank you so much uh susan been a blast um brilliant. thanks for having me no problem at all no it's been a pleasure um do you want to just let people know where they can pick the book up from uh yeah so if you're in the uk you can get it um amazon facet publishing uh waterstones i've seen it on wh smith i think as well if you google it it will be there in the us you're more likely to get it from the american library association but it is available on amazon too and then i think um uh, routledge or outledge um publish it in kind of australia etc so but you know Google and you'll find it. Um, there is another book called Between the Spreadsheets that's not a data book. I'm just going to warn people now. It's not that one. It's it's the one that looks like spreadsheets on the front. <laughs> and it says classifying and fixing your dirty yeah. data. Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, fantastic. Good stuff. Thanks a lot, Susan. Uh, absolute you. pleasure. Uh, take care. Brilliant. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.